Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. This is Denise Salcedo with Tommy Dreamer, and this is the weekend edition of the Busted Open Podcast. We'll be discussing the contract signing between LA Knight and Roman Reigns. What's in store for LA Knight? And could him winning the bout hurt more than help his trajectory? Plus, we discuss John Cena and Sola Sokoa and Bianca's challenge to EO Sky. We need to break down what went down last night with everything here. We kick things off with Roman Reigns coming out and doing his entrance. And as we're starting to vibe to Roman Reigns' theme song, all of a sudden it is quickly interrupted by none other than LA Knight. Not only does he interrupt this man's entrance, but he also walks right past him. Talk about the disrespect. In the ring, he decides to go and sit at the head of the table spot. So doing multiple things to really disrespect Roman Reigns. During the contract signing, we have Roman Reigns kind of mock LA Knight for never having a championship match in the WWE. And he even says, I'm going to make it really nice for your first time. I'm going to go really gentle with you. All right, sweetheart. And LA Knight takes this and says, you know what? All I need is one time to actually defeat you. And this, of course, like all contract signings, ends with both guys um, fighting it out. But Jimmy Uso, Jimmy Uso, who's involved in practically everything these days, comes in and helps Roman Reigns with the attack on LA Knight. Backstage, it is then made that we were going to get a match between uh, Jimmy Uso and LA Knight. And we do. We get that main event match between both guys. And LA Knight comes out victorious in a match that had people chanting, this is awesome. Uh, Tommy, I want to rewind to the top of this here and start off with the contract signing portion of it all. What did you make of the disrespectful acts from LA Knight? What did you think about the promo work from both Roman Reigns and LA Knight here? Well, LA Knight's getting under Roman Reigns' skin. L.A. Knight has been doing this a long, long time. If you think about L.A. Knight, L.A. Knight's character is very, very reminiscent of both Steve Austin and The Rock. Um, and The Rock is perhaps the most egotistical babyface of all time. Uh, with a second close-up coming up of MJF and, you know, Steve Austin and Ass Kicker. L.A. Knight, that, it was great. The people were like, no, he didn't. Um, Milwaukee, you were also, you brought it. You brought the uh, electricity. You brought the noise. You brought your energy. Uh, it came through on the television. Um, those little, little things, they have to. This has been a fast track for LA Knight. He even said it. Um, the disrespect shown verbally by both Roman Reigns and LA Knight, it's, it's trash talking. 
It's what you want to see. And in a show like we just had, when you have a lot of really, really good talkers on the show from, I mean, think of that segment alone, LA Knight, Nick Aldis, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns. That segment could have gone really, really long if they wanted to and kept me interested. Uh, LA Knight has to fire back because, yeah, he is a long shot. He is, but he's a dark. Uh, me personally, I don't think LA Knight's going to win. But they have to make the audience believe that he's going to win. And the audience is so behind LA Knight. Um, your first shot at the title is going to be massive. It is at the crown jewel. It's people are going to be saying, yeah, um, LA night. It's going to be an awesome, awesome spectacle as most of those crown jewel events are. The end of the day, man, I enjoyed everything that LA night did and Roman reigns. He still holds his, his composure. Paul Heyman's facials always steal the show in the sense of, he reacts to what the words of his opponent is are saying. He reacts to his guy, Roman Reigns, with gushing love. And then we have, of course, the physicality. Here comes an Uso and not feeling too Usy getting put through a table, which then sets up their match. I enjoyed that the contract signing was first because then it's set up the main event and we had a really really good main event which we'll get into a little uh i guess programming note i gotta get a little uh heated at fs1 you have this lovely show called smackdown it gets preempted for the world series and i get it it's the world series i don't know how many people are very much invested in this world series no disrespect to any diamondbacks or ranger fans but i my tivo did not even though dave reminded me did not set to a different channel. So I recorded, I, I started at nine o'clock and then at 12 o'clock I had to go back and do the replay, which is airs on FS1. And guess what FS1 does, Denise? What did they do? Right after that Roman Reigns segment airs, they go to the World Series and the promos and the aftermath of the World Series. They interrupted the program they were interrupting. No. no respect for the SmackDown brand. Acknowledge the SmackDown brand, please, FS1 and Fox. That was some BS. I started watching this show this morning, and as soon as that segment airs, ends, and then I had to go watch Carlito uh, and the LWO versus Street Profits. I had picked it up right after that match. When I remember, like I was looking through my TiVos, like, wait, why isn't this recording SmackDown? And then I was like, oh, crap, it moved. But no love and respect for the SmackDown brand on FS1. And I was so pissed as a wrestling fan because you're interrupting the show that you're already interrupted. Like That was the whole purpose of it being on exactly. FS1. <laughs> the whole purpose. A hundred percent. Oh my God, that sucks. That really does suck. I, I was, want, well, no, I always watch live because if I don't watch live because I'm out here on the West Coast, right. I then have to wait for the, for, for the actual West Coast, like for it to air. So what I do is I go on uh, foxsports.com on the website and that's how I'm able to watch the uh, East Coast 
feed during West Coast. I'm confusing myself, but you know what I mean? I get to watch it in real time instead of having to wait for the actual West Coast feed, which to me, it it makes it better because the last thing I want to do is wait super late. And then by then, like everything already happened. And then I got FOMO and it's just weird. But anyways, um, so I'm glad that you got that all figured out and what you needed to do there. But yeah, FS1 for real. That was the whole purpose there. So I I do want to start all my wrestling because I'm TiVo rich. I usually started at about an hour after. The most about 35 minutes if I know it's going to go promo long because I like to listen to everybody's promos. Um, and then I just, you know, fast forward through the commercials. That's what TiVo's for. That's what invented. That's why they have the patent. And that's why I'm the only last customer they have. Yeah, I was going to say, you so you still have TiVo, TiVo? You don't have just have th- like... I it's... have three. I'm so rich. I have three TiVos. But that's different from just like DVR? Yes. TiVo oh, okay. was the first. And... <laughs> I got three lifetime subscriptions to TiVo. So whenever they break, they have to give me a new one. They hate me, actually. So, but TiVo, and thank you for everyone who told me this yesterday, TiVo patented and invented the pausing and fast-forwarding of live television. So they trademarked it. So every other DVR has to give them money. What? They have this trade, yeah. They had this trademark up until I think it's a 2034. So then I think that's when TiVo will eventually go out of business because I'm their last customer. Maybe four. I've only I've met because of this show. I've met one in my 52 years of life. Nielsen's family member. And because of this show, I've met two other people who still have TiVos. Yeah, I was about to say, I miss the TiVo phase. Like, I never had TiVo. And by the, by the time I actually was able to start recording shows, it was just like your regular basic DVR stuff. So I missed the TiVo phase for some reason. I don't know I why. TiVo. Yeah, so for, for me, I'm like, wait, that's interesting. All right, so I do want to take a second here and talk a little bit about LA Knight's promo because one of the things that, like, Mark and I have been talking about is more so just, like, making it a little bit more impactful. But I will say this. I feel like last night's promo work that we got from LA Knight was the best that he's done so far in his time in WWE. I thought he really, really kind of felt like a big deal. And I love that the disrespectful part of him being disrespectful to Roman Reigns added to LA Knight because it made you go, dang, he really, look at him go out there and disrespect Roman Reigns. Like no one does that to Roman Reigns. We see Roman Reigns has had a lot of different feuds, right? And they've had to kind of, you know, you have to make things different. I feel like the way that LA Knight was so disrespectful to Roman was a really great touch. But what did you think of the, um, like specifically uh, LA Knight's growth in terms of promo work, especially given how you mentioned how he has been so fast-tracked in the WWE. Uh, He has to be this way. He has to be this way because this is his shot. If you, you know, we're headed towards after this Survivor Series, don't know if he's slated in somewhere on Survivor Series, though he should. Uh, Then we have the Royal Rumble. So this is his opportunity. And the people are so behind him. And you have to capitalize on that. His his promo, listen, I've been a fan of his for a long, long time, uh, both personally and professionally. He always gets over. I watched his growth when he was in Impact Wrestling. Um, I mean, hell, I watched him when he was in NWA Hollywood. He always gets over, heel or babyface. Um, he got over in WWE with 
bad creative. He's different in the sense of he realized what everyone is doing and he went the other route. Uh, honestly, like promo, everyone wants to have these banger matches and do things that they think is getting them over. It's not what he's doing. He's having great matches, but he's also what got him over was old school promos, incorporating the wrestling fans from almost the attitude era S where, uh, if you smell what the rock is cooking, everybody chimes in Steve Austin's what's having the fans be a part of your act where to my favorite part of all that promo, where he puts out his arm and says, not yet. That is the ringmaster in control. And then he teased the fans to say what they want. That simple. Yeah. In impact wrestling, he had dummy and he had a dummy button. I'd love to see him do that uh, in the WWE because it would get over. That's a next phase if he doesn't win the title. Um, he has to do it. Listen, there was a lot against him, how many times he had tried, his age. He's in great shape. He's laser-focused. He's having great matches. He always had really, really good matches. Um, I've noticed a definite change in him from somebody who's wrestled him. As well as, like, listen, he's he's a top guy. And I don't know how he is in the back because you don't want to be a top, you know, have a top attitude in the back because that push won't happen for you. But you need to be even more humble and all that stuff when you're behind the scenes. But on camera, he's got a presence, and this is his shot. He says it's his first shot. WWE, you know, hey, we got Cody. Roman Reigns beat him. L.A. night, the people were so, so hot for him. Roman Reigns beat him. This is his one opportunity to make it. Will it continue afterwards? Sure. But right now, if you look at the scheduling of events, I don't see him getting another opportunity. So you got to try to capitalize now. And with T-shirts, all that stuff that he's doing, he's doing it. And when your back is up against the wall and you have one opportunity to do something, you have to have to respond, especially in the WWE, because that machine will roll past you if you don't. See, that's the thing. So you had mentioned earlier, by the way, that you weren't expecting to see LA Knight actually defeat Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. And I'm with you on that. I'm also not expecting to see that. So what would you say or what would you suggest is the best way to go for that match? Like, how do you uh, keep LA Knight looking good in a way where he's still obviously losing the match? If he does, right? That's just an assumption, but I guess you could never assume. But as of right now, just based on the theory that he may lose, how do you go about that? If he wins, can he be the champion? Absolutely. Because I could see him walking out with that swagger. Uh, the following Friday, winning, uh, having that title around his waist. People would love it. If he loses, I have him going out there and being real like he is in his promos and saying, I lost. I would have a catalyst to that, you know, the bloodline helping him uh, be a part of that. Or I simply have somebody come out there and interrupt him. And be like you're a flash in the pan. You're you're a one hit wonder, blah 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 blah. 
you're off on another feud with somebody. Don't know who that person is, but very, very easy to do. Like I said, can he? if he walked out with that title, the people are going to be so, so happy for him. The bigger question would be, and then what? He defends the title. How do we... How do you keep it? If you think about the history of professional wrestling, when your top baby faces are at their peak and their pinnacle, once they win that title, it's part of actually their decline as opposed to their rise. So he can have another rise, but not at this time. I, I just, I beat him and I get all those people in crown jewel standing ovation for him and a bunch of yeah, yeah, yeahs. And then he comes out on SmackDown. And he tells a nice little story. And there we go. So, I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like because Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns, like I already see the W and the fact that he's even having this match against Roman Reigns. Uh, I, I personally would not want to see Roman Reigns lose just because we've gotten this far. And there are still other stories that I feel need to be revisited at some point. Because uh, if not, it would just feel so weird if we did. And it would feel like this loose end that's like bugging me. So or bugging multiple. I'm going to just say me. I'm not going to speak for everybody but uh personally like I feel like I need to see Roman Reigns come out victorious here at Crown Jewel but I do also like I'm thinking about what can be next for LA Knight right like where what direction can he go in and I feel like personally in the ideal world I would like to see and I know that this is too many what ifs and all of this stuff has to happen for all of this to happen but I would love to see Logan Paul defeat Rey Mysterio for the U.S. Championship and I would like to see Logan Paul, Allie Knight, go battle it out for the U.S. championship. And so that's a little bit of where I'm kind of feeling right now in terms of what can be done for Allie Knight next, because I do think he should be U.S. champion. Uh, I think it's a good way to get some gold on him, have him uh, defend gold and keep the storylines interesting and hot for LA Knight because anybody after Roman Reigns is not going to feel the same way, right? Roman Reigns is the biggest of the biggest deal of who you can be feuding with. So I feel like you don't want to go like all the way down and just start with like any rando person. So I feel like if we were to see something with an LA Knight, Logan Paul, who knows? I think that could be fun. But if not, then LA Knight, Austin Theory, LA Knight, Grayson Waller. Those are still some storylines that I'm personally interested in based on the fact that their personalities are uh you know i can i can expect some fireworks if they were to do some promo work with any of those guys that i mentioned uh against la Knight. uh i agree logan paul would be a massive matchup uh for that u.s title if he wins i think he could also him being la Knight, he can get a customized u.s title and have la uh on that west coast side of that u.s title being a little bit bigger um I just think uh, you're right. There's other places that you can go with him. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. 
to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I feel losing helps him more than winning. Hey, everyone. It's Howard Bender from the Andy Up podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts, or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. We had a pretty intense uh, promo segment between John Cena and Paul Heyman. So what we got here was John Cena coming out and talking about how he fears that he's losing the people's respect. And he says this in regards to the streak that he's currently on, which is that he has not won a televised singles match in over 2002 days. 2002 days was last week. So add seven more days on top of that. And that's where we're at. The crowd is chanting, you still got it. And John Cena questions, what if I don't? And so this then leads to Paul Heyman coming out. And you know, Tommy, better than anyone that Paul Heyman, when he's out there, uh, he can really captivate people with his promos. And I thought what he did here, he did a really good job of just kind of carrying you away. He really, really not only... To me, the biggest thing that I took from Paul Heyman's promo was how well he put over the Samoan spike. And I say this because he said that one of the things that John Cena is really, really good at is talking because he can make the people feel emotion. And he mentions that kind of, you know, if Sola Sokoa hits him with the Samoan spike right in the throat. You know, the vessel that he uses to speak to the people, what is he going to be left with? I thought that was a really little interesting uh, portion of all of this, but he is then attacked from behind. Sola Sokoa comes out and attacks John Cena and gets him with that said Samoan spike. Tommy, what did you think of everything that went down here between John Cena, Paul Heyman, and Sola Sokoa? Um, loved everything for a lot of reasons. If anyone who is in the wrestling industry wants to learn, uh, how to tell a good story with promos, you should watch that segment over and over again. John Cena as your superhero, as your, you know, face of a company, now an older wrestler, uh, talked about self-doubt and he kind of gave himself a little bit of motivation in front of the WWE universe. And that, that is every bit real. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you from experience where if you get lost in your head at times as a performer, um, the people reel you back in great promo interrupted by Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman comes out here. Paul Heyman does the best little nuances. Um, when he nicely asked if he could step into the ring, and he trepidatiously got into the ring, almost like he was, if you ever see people walk up to a dog, what do they do? They slowly put their hand out 
because they don't want that dog to bite them. The dog doesn't know them, blah, blah, blah. Then the realism. The realism of that promo was everything that Paul Heyman had said. Paul Heyman had a very, very influential part of John Cena's career because when John Cena said WWE was getting ready to let him go, John Cena rapped on a plane in front of Paul Heyman and showed a different side of what he was being projected. And Paul Heyman, the behind the scenes was the writer as opposed to what he said as the general manager, because that's a great mix of reality and behind the scenes, which you don't always need to explain the behind the scenes. But anyway, we got John Cena out of that deal because of we got to see this different version of this John Cena who came out. And I know the documentaries, uh, you know, kind of do it a little bit differently where he stepped up with this ruthless aggression. Um, but John came in with a, a big buzz. And then even to John's, you know, own words, he started to get lost in the system. Thankfully, he didn't. Paul Heyman selling what John Cena is the best at was great. He built up his opponent, but then said, what if? And that what if is there's someone bigger and better than you. In every real sport, in every real part of life, if you're a tough guy, there's always going to be somebody tougher. And here comes Solo. Also, kudos to Solo with his new hair. I like that little darkness on top of the uh, blonde. The, I love the, if this is, I would have added one thing to it, and then I didn't like the end of the, re, the result of it, but here's what I would have added to it. Yes, you communicate well with the, what about your acting career? How are you going to deliver these lines? How are you going to continue to make a living for yourself, entertaining the way you do without your throat? Old school wrestling, I just was watching where Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant got injured with his throat and he couldn't talk and he was he was trying to go to speech therapy and he's trying to get out words and he started writing it down. What I did not like is because I would have I'm waiting to see Solo hit John Cena with that spike at Crown Jewel. But then John Cena got hit with that spike on television. So if John Cena cannot talk. If John Cena cannot, then that promo is now fulfilled. But I just saw it for free as opposed to waiting for it at Crown Jewel. Because if they would have teased it, he goes for it. John Cena ducks, punch, punch, picks him up. He's going to go for it, drops him, super kicks him. John Cena goes to the corner, eats that big ass, something. Then I don't see that thing that I was sold on is so, so dangerous. Again, if John Cena does not show up on SmackDown because John Cena is injured, I love it. But I would have used that to tease that at Crown Jewel, that spike, the entire match. And if he hits it and John Cena overcomes it, it's even a bigger move for John Cena. If John Cena, this is going to be his last match for a little bit, so he goes back to Hollywood, then that spike is what injured him, and I don't see him after that. And I've lost John Cena until John Cena comes back. And it makes John Cena even a bigger hero. Uh, that's the only thing I did not like about it. Otherwise than that, I loved every part of the promo. It was exactly what we're talking about. But the buildup was for one move and one action. 
but then I got it. So if John Cena just comes back at Crown Jewel or if he comes back the Friday before, then I'm like, all right, everything you just said isn't true. And that spike isn't as badass as it is. And then now, eh, I feel about that match when the buildup between two great communicators was built up perfectly. So I got to tell you, that was literally the one thing that bothered me when I was watching this. It was just the one thing, because like you said, Paul Heyman really built up that Samoan spike. So I thought, okay, same thing that they should have, they could have done anything else. I think for Sola Sokoa to take out John Cena, right? I really do think that they should have saved that Samoan spike because had it happened in the match, after hearing everything that Paul Heyman said, after him giving his reasons, I think the crowd would have been like, oh, snap, you know, he got him with the Samoan spike. What is John Cena going to do? And so I 1000% agree with that. I think they should have held off on the Samoan spike and waited until the actual matchup because that would have been like this massive moment for that. So now I feel like during the match, you got to hit him with like three Samoan spikes now to like make up for the fact that we already saw this um so i may be hoping for uh you know more than one samoan spiker who knows maybe he tries to avoid it throughout the entire match we'll see what actually goes down do you have though john cena defeat solo sokoa or do you have solo sokoa defeat john cena because keep in mind that john cena is still on the streak of uh not getting a singles win so what do you think uh listen john is a great in endorsement for the company and john has done a lot of amazing things throughout his entire career for WWE. another thing john cena has done has been unselfish and john cena has put talent over clean in the ring and disappeared that's what this business is about and john cena has been a great ambassador for that um if you really want to elevate solo you do that um, then you're going to go like, again, looking at this entire card. And when people say wrestling or behind the scenes are so, so easy to do it, you know, Denise and I are talking about it. We're an hour and 10 minutes into a show. And so far between two people, we would like to see Roman Reigns win Logan Paul win. And now solo win That's three bad people going over on it really will bring down your house real br But then you have to think of those things when your overall scheme of the show, if John Cena wins, how does that help solo? Who's going to be here as opposed to John Cena, who probably is not. He said, Hey, the writer strike, the writer strikes pretty much coming to an end, right? You're out in LA, you know, all that buzz. Didn't it come to an end or something like that? Yeah, but the actor strike is still going. Ah, so maybe we'll see more John Cena. So it'll probably be a little bit longer. I don't know. I think the last time I spoke to one of my actor friends, they had said that it's pretty much still going to be a little bit of time. Because oh, okay. I know the writer's one ended, but the actor's one is still going. Um, Well, it, it's... uh, I don't know what, again, what the benefit is if John wins. Uh. And that's always about giving back. If John stays, man, I'm all for it. But if John is leaving, like John always does, he gives back to the industry and he gives back to helping make other stars. I mean, remember his last big main event match, he guaranteed victory, lost, rolled out, and we didn't see him again. Do people care? No, because he's John Cena. And the moment he comes back, we're like, oh my gosh, I love this guy. And another person who gets over in losing 
because ego-wise, he gets it. He gets that he's in the same spot winning or losing, and the people still love and care about him. He's getting more adulation now than he ever has been. Uh, and my other thing I would have, like, instead of delivering that spike, again, all these dips, bobs, and weaves, what if he lays out Solo and bails? Because Solo goes for that spike, or he's going to go do something. Paul Heyman jumps on his back. He goes to give him the spike. He moves. Solo could hit the turnbuckle. The turnbuckle could fall off. Like, oh, my God, what if that connected? And John Cena, who had doubt already, runs out of that ring and I get that he never gives up. He, ne he will always fight. But if he looks at like, if what Paul Heyman said is true, if this happens to me, everything I've worked for is over. And that's why, again, I just did not like delivering that spike. I would have just waited on that. The super kick works with solo. A Samoan drop works with solo. The ass in the corner works with solo. All these things that make him special. Uh, it's going to be interesting, Crown Jewel. I'm hooked, and we still got, uh, you know, a week away. I like what you just painted out right now, which was this scenario of, you know, can I still do it? Or, you know, should I risk it all, right, for John Cena? But I think at the end of the day, I personally still want to see uh, Solo Sokoa defeat John Cena uh, because I feel like Solo Sokoa, he is somebody that instantly people were kind of like, oh, who's this, you know, badass. He, he was, he, one of the things that we were seeing from him in the beginning was a lot of mystery. And to this day, like there's still a lot of mystery around Solo Sokoa. Like you only know so much about him, right? Obviously he's speaking a little bit more. They, they've started to do that with him, but even then it's still not that much. So he still has this aura around him where you can't really quite figure out the guy just yet. And so with that, he kind of, the mystery layer adds to his whole entire persona. And I feel like if you want to keep, you know, slowly elevating Solo Sokoa, you have him defeat John Cena. Like that's just the way to go. So I definitely uh, second that one. I want to go ahead and bring in some callers though, because we got some people here on the line. Of course, if you want to give us a call, our phone number is 877-344-4893. Let's go ahead and bring in Mark from Canada. Um, Mark, you're on the air. What's on your mind today? Hi, I just wanted to give some comments on the LA Knight Roman Reigns situation. I think uh, yeah. what Tommy was saying about uh, a title change this early on would pro probably not be a good thing. I would like to see maybe LA Knight win the Royal Rumble, you know, and chase chase the title for a little bit, gain some more momentum. It's a hell of a, a hell of a notch if he could win the Royal Rumble. It's uh, and does give him a future title shot, which is, I mean, gives him the main event of WrestleMania. Then what do you do with Cody? Oh my God, LaGreco would have a heart attack. <laughs> exactly. I almost feel like I would, God, I know that saying that having, you know, him win until like Money in the Bank, for example, giving him the briefcase. Because I don't know if Ali Knight should be the one to win the Royal Rumble only because I think that should be Cody. So what would you give Ali Knight? Maybe the Money in the Bank briefcase. I don't know. Is that the way you want to go for it? Have him cash in? 
Uh, I have no idea in terms of where you go from LA Knight, you know, getting the title or not. I feel like, I feel like, of course, I still would rather focus on the U.S. championship because even when right. Cody Rhodes, I'm assuming if Cody Rhodes does get his main event match against Roman Reigns for the title, and if Cody Rhodes wins, clearly we want to see Cody Rhodes have some time with that championship belt. So we will see. Um, all right, let's go ahead and bring in Al from Vancouver. Al, you're on the air. What's going on today? Good morning, Denise. Good morning, Tommy. Congrats Hi, on the 34 years. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Denise, on Wednesday night, I uh, joined your chat, sent you two super chats, but my comments didn't come out. Oh, my gosh. How does this happen? <laughs> okay, I got to go back and check because usually I double check all of that stuff. I'm so sorry, Al. Uh, well, I hate hey, when that happens. Sometimes it happens. Wrong. <laughs> what happened? You said my last name wrong, but that's okay. I oh no i but, tend to uh, do that sometimes i mess up people's uh, pronunciation of their names but thankfully people when they correct me though i will remember though that's the thing i will remember okay uh first of all i hope wwe uh in crown jewel breaks their doctrine on the finish with uh roman reigns and la Knight. i hope they do something really off the charts and not something to do with outside interference. Give me something new. And I'd like to talk about John Zena. Uh, that was great last night, the way Paul Heyman set him up. That was unbelievable. But uh, maybe we're seeing a Rocky scenario here where, you know, old John boy's down and out, and he's going to uh, take that spike and get back up off the mat and take him off. Wouldn't that be something? Interesting. Uh Anything is possible, man. It's uh, I'm very, very invested in all of this, which is a, a great thing because uh, I know if I'm invested, I think the wrestling fans are as well. Awesome. Also, Al, I'm going to make sure to double check uh, those two comments that you sent and uh, I will read them on my next show. So please, uh, thank you so much for letting me know about Denise, that. I appreciate that. Um, Back to John Cena and his promo about self-doubt. Uh, if I could, I, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. My match that I had with Kenny King in White Plains, um, my whole family was there. Friends were there. I am probably the most confident performer I know um, in the sense of like I have had conversations while my music is hitting. I've had hot coffee and put it down like, hey, I'll be right back um, eating while I'm wrestling or like <laughs> taking a bite of something and walking out to the ring and swallowing it while I'm, you know, out there in front of people. Um, also, I wrestle and sometimes I eat while I'm wrestling. There was a moment where the, and I've only experienced self-doubt three times in my career. And it happened again, where I was just all of a sudden, like, what, all these what ifs creeped into my head. And it was, a, it was seriously about 20 seconds and I was like, what if something happens? Like, then I have to retire. What if I get hurt? What if I can't keep up with Kenny King? All these self-doubt things happened until my music hit and I heard the people. That's why it's so, so real for me, but it's also real for John Cena. But if I could have told that story and then went out there and done something and wrestled him after I tell that story of self-doubt, that's a bigger like, wait, John Cena's afraid? John Cena doesn't think... How, John, you're John Cena. 
you're the GOAT. If he could have even sold that when he left the ring without getting hit with that um, spike, it's like, wow, that spike is deadly. And for John Cena to look like, man, maybe I, I just escaped. If I didn't duck Bob and Weave, I would not have been here. And him like looking up at a at a solo holding the ring, again does bigger ba- piece of business. But self doubt gets involved in everybody, and I'm not just talking about you know pro wrestling. It, it happens, but there's ways you got to kick out of it. But then if you tell that story, how do you not get behind that person even more? Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more. Please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.
Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. <laughs>